The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us, follow us. We truly appreciate you checking us out. In the house today, E6 Meridian. That's right. We're excited. We have Miss Margaret in the house with us today. Tell us a little bit about who you are. When I graduated from the University of Nebraska Ooh. in uh, 1984, I moved here and made this my home ever since. So I took a job at a place where most of us in this room will not remember, but it was called Bank Four. Ooh. Now it's Bank of America. And yeah. uh, grew up in that in the private bank there, and which evolved into the career now of investment and wealth planning. Um, personally, I uh, am married to my wonderful husband, Todd, my rock, my patient uh, muse, mm-hmm. have three dogs, Charlie, Ruby, and Gracie, and we enjoy travel, Chiefs football, yes, and really all things sports. I love that. K-State you football. <laughs> I had to say, she said Nebraska. We have to go to that first. Oh, go to Nebraska. Oh, we have to start no, in Nebraska. We're not talking about <laughs> that football thing. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> so every, one of, every once in a while, one of us gets through the fence, so, you know. I'm yeah. the one. Okay. The one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but bank four. Yes. Um, when I was a kid, my grandma used to go. She banked at bank four. Um, you mean when you was a teenager? Teenager. My not gosh. A, <laughs> not a kid. I'm, I'm, not, you your, I'm not your age. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, here we go. See, here we go. <laughs> but back to our guest. <laughs> so you started off banking. Yes. Um, is, so did you go to school knowing that you're going to be a banker? Is this Was this your dream? You know, I did not. I was a business major, largely because it was kind of broad, right? I uh, knew that I had an acumen, I guess, for numbers, finance, people, mm-hmm. uh, something, you know, that involved all of those. So, but when I moved here, um, I just took a job, right? Because you needed to pay the bills yeah. and just really enjoyed the environment, the culture, the opportunity that Bank 4 gave me. They, at the time, they had a great training program, uh, really taught me a lot about, well, everything about the bank. I was involved in credit analysis, mm. client service, really learned every aspect of the bank. So that was really a great opportunity and it allowed me kind of to focus in then where do my talents lie yeah. to the extent I have those. So uh, it was a great uh, opportunity to kind of evolve then into that private banking relationship management role that really I still continue to do today. Yeah. And that's where you found your stride, huh? That's where I found my stride. Well I put. love that. <laughs> I love that. So 
You've been in the industry for some time, and now you are at Six Meridian. Yes. All right. Tell us a little bit about Six Meridian. We are a wealth planning and investment management registered investment advisor. RIA would be the vernacular. We provide investment management and wealth planning services for largely individual clients, right? Mm-hmm. Our, the people that we serve are business owners, former business owners, physicians, and uh, corporate executives. And kind of we say the common thread there is that they're busy, busy people who are busy doing their thing and yep. uh, raising their families and earning a living. And they don't have time to take care of the ongoing complexities, the financial ones in particular, in their lives. And so our job is to put our arms around that and really be their champion along the way, helping them and their families get where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our business uh, statement. As a firm, we are um, 26 strong now. That grew okay. from 13 when we originally launched our firm. And that was what year? Uh, 2016. 2016. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Correct. So we've been really blessed with a lot of growth. Um, I guess as we launched our firm, we didn't even realize how many opportunities we would have to continue mm-hmm. to grow our firm. We thought we would, but you never know till you know. As I like to say, we went from, on September 9th of 2016, we went from $2 billion in assets to $0 billion in assets, mm-hmm. because when you leave a wirehouse environment, you leave your clients behind right. in, yeah. in, uh, by regulation, and you, you kind of have to rebuild that brick by brick. But we were very successful in doing that. Lots of hard work went into that. And now we are 26 people, and um, our focus has really been to build a firm that brings the expertise Uh, to our clients that they need, again, with those financial complexities in their lives. But also, this was a very strong movement on my part and my partner's part was to provide opportunity for young people to come into this industry. Hmm. It's an industry that's kind of difficult for young people to come in because it's a lot of pressure on sales and building relationships Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But we really give them an opportunity to learn to do their job. And we're patient in that. We mentor them and allow them to become the best they can be, find their stride, as you so well put it uh, earlier. So that's how we've been able to grow and really give young people in our firm a chance to do meaningful work for our no, clients. I love that. That's really um, unique, right? Because a lot of times uh, it, it is difficult to, to get to the level that you want to be at as a young professional if you've not built the relationships right already or had right. a relationship type mm-hmm. of uh, building job. And so when they come in with your firm and you mentor them up, do they you give them a chance to join the firm and then get their licenses or do they have the licenses before they come work for the firm? It's been a combination. Some of them have had licenses and the certification. A certified financial planner is a big one in our industry. Some of them came equipped with that and others did not. So mm-hmm. we have financed their trajectory, their learning curve on that. Uh, so it just depends on where where they sit when they come into our firm. Let's unpack this entrepreneurial story here. You've been an entrepreneur six years? That- well, we've owned our business six years. Right. Uh, yes. Right. So, and you put it so good. You said you went from $2 billion in assets to zero. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to be an entrepreneur now. So what, <laughs> what was going through your mind to say, I can do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we had spent decades building the relationships that were part of that $2 billion in assets, right. right? So as I mentioned, you know, my career at Bank 4, mm-hmm. my partner's careers in various uh, phases of the industry, 
we had had many of these clients for a long time and we're doing really good work for them. But you couldn't take them with you? No, you, we couldn't, we weren't allowed to tell them we were doing this. Okay. We, you know, we, there are regulations around right. it, which uh, we followed understood. because, you know, that's the law right. and the regulation. Uh, so technically you do leave behind, they belong to the, the firm we departed. Were, right. So it's our job then to rebuild that base. Once we were gone, we were allowed, you know, to take their names and their contact information and then to reach out to them and let them know what we were doing and why we were doing it. So it's up to them then to choose whether or not to follow us. And we were confident because of that history we had with them. But again, you don't know till you know. Right. So uh, wow. it was a risk. And you we learned a lot about what really owning a business was about. We had our own business inside of the wirehouse we were in, technically, but you didn't really own it. You didn't Correct. really have to manage all the aspects right. of it. So it was... Uh, it was a terrific learning curve, a challenging learning curve, and uh, we really did kind of learn the next level entrepreneurship during those first couple of years in particular. Still learning today. Mm-hmm. Still certain, learning. Okay. Still learning today. So we're helped listeners understand were you were you scared a little bit or concerned or you were I know you were confident, but was there <laughs> some, boy if this don't work, what did I do kind of deal? Yeah. Or? It was a healthy mix of excitement and terror. Okay. Really? Terror. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I remember I still have it actually. I had a list of all of our employees, our people who went with us and the names of their spouses and their kids on a notepad next to my desk. And these were the people who were counting on us getting this right. Mm, And that was the healthy pressure that continued us to move us forward. You know, we knew we had to get it right. Being confident with a healthy amount of anxiety around it is not, it's a good place to be. I mean, I think that's where all entrepreneurs sit, right? You're confident in what you're doing. You're confident in the value you're providing but you also have every day a little bit of healthy anxiety about, am I doing it right? right? Did I do it better? What's the next level? How do I take care of my people, my clients? Uh, all the things that go into being a business owner. Excellent. So uh, I think you shared what you you bring on these younger employees and get them into the business. But what does your business solve that keeps makes you different than others in your field? As it relates to our... To our customers, to your customers. Oh, to our customers. Okay. Well, a couple of different things. We are very focused on an outstanding client experience. We want to make sure that our clients... First of all, I know it sounds... To all of us in this room, it may sound common sense, but we want to make sure that every client who reaches out to us gets a voice. Uh, They get somebody who can help them promptly. So that's kind of the basic blocking and tackling of it. To evolve, to expand upon that, we work to be very proactive. So understanding that our clients' lives are complex, again, their families, their finances, their work, we work really hard to think beyond today. Like, what are we going to continue to do well? What are we going to con- start to do better? What do we need to be doing two, three, five years from now that we're not doing today that's going to continue on that client experience. Part of that client experience is very much a consultative role. So in the wealth planning side of our business, we do very, very deep dives into our clients' lives, you know, understanding what really concerns them. You know, I mean, when people look at our firm, they think money and money is part of it, but money is really part of the tool that helps people get where they want to be, right? Mm -hmm. doesn't matter where you are in your life. It's kind of that 
um, engine that drives your family forward. And honestly, most of our clients, when we sit down and talk to them, it's the money is the last thing we talk about. It's more about the kids, the grandkids, what's going to happen when I'm not here anymore. How do I make, you know, what is my legacy? All the things that really everyone is concerned about. So that exceptional client experience and also that deep dive into their lives, understanding what's important to them is what I believe makes us kind of exceptional. One more question on this entrepreneur thing. A lot of folks, they use a business plan. Some folks just go by their feel. Where were you at when you guys launched? Did y'all have a business plan and you stuck to it or did you waver or did, I mean, and how do you compare where you, your projections as far as, do you think you would be where you're at today in six years? What seems to be really impressive. Thank you. Uh, well, we did have a business plan. You know, when you're launching a business, I think you kind of have just some building blocks you know you have to have in place, right? Correct. Again, the kind of the blocking and tackling before you go to the pro set offense, so mm-hmm. to speak. So mm-hmm. we did have uh, a business plan and we did follow it, but very quickly into it, we realized a lot of things that we're going to need to adjust. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to need to bring on some more people, some more resources, uh, the technology that we thought was going to work for us needed to be tweaked. So we needed to, and did evolve. I mean, being at 13 people, we had the ability to be agile, Mm -hmm. uh, which was nice. So we did shift a bit. And over the first three years, I'd say we were largely on track, but definitely made some significant tweaks to our business plan. As we sit here six years in, we have been blessed and fortunate to be on a trajectory that's been higher, faster, stronger than we thought. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah. So, yes, uh, it has been nice. And it's been um, really a challenge, but a good one for all of us to continue to be agile and uh, really be flexible in how we think about our business. And uh, honestly, one of the best things we've done for many reasons is to continue to bring the next generation of people, professional, into our business because they look at things differently. Mm-hmm. And I so value their perspectives, right? They just look at things from a different purview. They don't have the history, right. which history is great to have, but you can't continue <clears throat> to lean on it, right? You have to learn from your past, but you also have to be open-minded about what the future looks like. And they bring great perspective to that. Thanks for sharing that. E? Yeah, I'm, I think that's wonderful. And I love, you know, the fact that you recognize that, hey, we need to make some changes and we are small enough um, to be agile and make that happen. Um, and it's paid off in spades for you. So that's that's terrific. So, you know, one of the things that I've always admired is when I look at this field is male dominated. Right. True. Some and, you know, sometimes the ratios can be anywhere from 10 to one to six to one. And so with you uh, being a woman doing <laughs> this, this is just really fantastic. And I, I mean, I. Really, I'm just, it, it's amazing. So tell us from your perspective as a woman coming in to do this, did you have a woman who was a mentor to you to uh, to put you down this trajectory or is this just something you always knew that you could do? Well, kind of a combination of that. I mean, definitely a lot of self-motivation, but a great example, two examples, I'd say. Marilyn Polly, who was oh, in, wow. great, yeah. she was a definitely a leader in Bank Four, nice. and then recently retired from her role at Commerce Bank. But Marilyn kind of paved a way long before a lot of people were paving it, mm-hmm. and she did it with a lot of dignity, grace, strong leadership. Truly, an exceptional woman. Yes. 
Another great example would be Elizabeth King, who leads the Wichita State Foundation. Mm -hmm. And again, Elizabeth was one who paved a path long before a lot of people were paving it uh, for women in leadership. So I've always looked at those two women as strong, as great examples of how to be a leader, woman or male, whatever, and how to stay focused on leading your people, being part of the community, and just being a champion for your business. Yeah, that's yeah. royalty there. That it is, is right. absolutely. That's two names. <laughs> and by wow. no means do I put myself in that category with those two women. You can glean from that. Yes, <laughs> but you know, you're winning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for certain. Shout out to Marilyn and to Elizabeth. So I, I thank you for sharing that. So, you know, you've talked a little bit about your journey within the six years. Let's talk about what scares you in that journey. For the next six or the current six? Yeah, well, for the next six. <laughs> uh, well, it's a, I think it's probably what all business owners think about is how do you continue to provide a great home and opportunity for your people? How do you continue to find great people within your organization? And how do you continue to evolve your business so that you are meaningful to your clients, mm -hmm. right? So I know that sounds like a patented answer, but those are truly the things when I look at uh, the next three, five, 10, 20 years for the business, those are pillars that have to continue to stay in place. And if you're not delivering on those things, then your business is going to flail, right? Mm -hmm. But those are the things and are probably the biggest focus for me and for all the people inside Six Meridian. The people side of it is probably the biggest, I don't know, fear, I'd say. How you continue to make it a great environment and home for people professionally and personally. Um, you know, we've all seen challenges with COVID and work from home and all the dynamics that go into that. And, you know, how expectations for from employees, people are a little bit different today. They've asked for more flexibility. Yeah. They've asked for more uh, balance in their lives. And we've always done a pretty good job on that. Mm -hmm. We always say that if you were... Um, a happy person at home, you're going to be a happy person at work. Yeah. So you should be able to do both well, right? Mm -hmm. And we've allowed a lot of flexibility in that. But continuing to identify what is that for people, because it's different for you than it is for me. And how do you continue to drive your business forward, yet give your people the, the energy and the opportunity that they need personally? Yeah. I love that. And I love that you're recognizing that early on, you know, so that's, that's awesome. Wish uh, Don would recognize that so I wow. can get a vacation day I coming up. But <laughs> like I told you, I'm going to get my 40 from you one way or the other. Uh, well, friends, brutal. it is time to hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be back to hear more from Margaret DeChant and Six Meridian. Seeing energy differently means continually working to drive energy prices down, even as costs around us rise. At Evergy, we're relying less on fossil fuels and more on renewable resources. We're investing in programs to help you use less energy, enabling us to decrease our rates over the last four years. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company. At Coke, our Wichita roots run deep. 
As part of this community, we strive to build strong partnerships with local organizations and create opportunities for our hometown businesses and entrepreneurs. From teaching kids STEM to supporting community resources and funding grants for local educators, we're proud to support Wichita and the amazing work happening throughout our city. Interested in learning more? See how we do it at cokeict.com. That's K-O-C-H-I-C-T dot com. Welcome back, friends. We are here ha- having a wonderful conversation. It's been quite lovely Excellent. with Miss Margaret. So we've talked about your firm and the journey and what makes Six Meridian different from others being a woman-owned firm. But also you've kind of spoken to the, the fact that you have a lot of young professionals at your firm. So can you talk a little bit about that and what the mix looks like for you? Yeah, it's a partially woman-owned firm. I need to get a shout out to all our own, all our partners. But uh, so inside our firm, our industry is, as you mentioned earlier, very male-dominated, but it's also filled with people probably over the age of 50. Um, the statistic is there are more people over the age of 60 in our industry than under the age of 30, which means in the next you know, 10 to 15 years, there's going to be a big rotation of people retiring, Mm -hmm. you know, moving on, whatever. And that is certainly something that we have focused on in our firm for two reasons. One is we serve multiple generations of our clients. Sometimes we are dealing with two or three generations of people. And we want to make sure that our professionals are growing up with our clients, right? That there's a continuity for our clients when you know, Margaret's not around anymore, or Tom's not around anymore, whatever the case may be. So that's one of the reasons. And secondly, is really to bring that, to give those young professionals an opportunity to learn this business, right? As I mentioned earlier, it's sometimes a very, there are barriers to entry for young people. There are unreasonable pressures put on them. It's difficult to get into it without a network, et cetera. So we work very hard to make sure that we give them a path that where they can be the best they can be. So right now in our firm, we have more people under the age of 40 than we have over. And uh, we're very proud of that fact. And as I mentioned, it's been very purposeful. We want to make sure that we have that continuity and give those people an opportunity. So the young punks, as I fondly (laughs) refer to them, uh, are doing great work. Um, They are eager to learn. I love their enthusiasm. We were joking during the break that uh, you really see some differences, generational differences. I was uh, sitting in my office the other day reading my newspaper. Yes, actual the actual yeah the physical your hand newspaper. newspaper. What? Uh, the Eagle values the existing twenty people who still <laughs> get yeah who still get it. Hard yeah, Don's copy. one of them too. Oh, wow. so it's okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, just telling the truth. <laughs> so I was sitting there reading my newspaper and uh, one of our, Marcus, one of our young professionals walks in and looks, he goes, oh, look at you with your newspaper. And it looks like, <laughs> looked at me like I was petting a dinosaur or something. But anyway, it was just kind of funny. It's uh, how you kind of forget those things that are native to you, but yet very foreign to the next generation of of person. So it's very valuable in many ways for us to evolve, you know, in a multi-generational business. Again, the perspective that that next generation brings to us, the Mm -hmm. energy they bring to us, Mm -hmm. that fresh vision they bring to us. So that combined with the kind of founding partners and founding members experience is really such a great dynamic to see them learn from each other and teach each other. It's very valuable. 
And I bet that's really refreshing for your clients, right? To see that mix and that energy, because again, you typically don't have that. So I, I'm certain they are thrilled. So you said you came from Nebraska, moved to Wichita and stayed here. Why Wichita? You know, uh, admittedly, when I first moved here, I thought Wichita would pl- be the place I'd be until I moved to Denver or Kansas uh, City or Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a purview a lot of people have at the age of 25 or 26. But Wichita is just a great home. There's a great sense of community and welcoming. It's, you know, when you when people move here from someplace else, you know, and we talk to them, we, we are introduced to people often, as I'm sure you are too, people that come here to make their home. And, you know, you're saying, do you need help finding a school, a church, a daycare, whatever the case may be? We're just a very welcoming community. Yeah. yeah. And we're also a community that I believe is very progressive. And I look around, I was talking to someone the other day about um, the airport. I was actually giving someone a ride to the airport who was in town from Houston. And I said, you know, this airport is very reflective of a shift in the Wichita mentality about let's mm. be bigger, let's be mm-hmm. stronger, faster. Uh, we could have probably redone the old airport and it would have been fine. But Wichita being Wichita, we moved ahead, built that beautiful, beautiful, progressive airport that is, you know, best of class. Yeah, it is. And that's just one example yeah. of many things that are going on here. I met with the Greater Wichita Partnership the other day and talk to them about some of the things that are going on. And there's so many things that are going on in this community that maybe everyone doesn't know about. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, Wichita is just a great home for now. It was always kind of the aviation capital, the Pizza Hut capital. And now it is aviation, but it's so it's evolving to much more of a let's expand our reach. You know, Mm -hmm. let's be more to the world. Let's be more, uh, provide more opportunities for young people. I mean, and you look at also what's going on at Wichita State with all the opportunities for uh, students to come out of there with meaningful experience. I mean, they come out of the School of Engineering ready to go. I mean, they've already done internships and they've done work on aviation projects. And that's just, I'm kind of picking out a few examples, but there's so many more of those. And electrical infrastructure. Yes. Yes. Electrical infrastructure. Yes. Yes. How could I forget? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So many examples, but you know, Wichita just is a very, the people are great and I, and it's a welcoming home, but it's also a very much a land of opportunity. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, that's one of the things, yes, we're the air capital of the world, but now it's really about us being the opportunity capital Mm -hmm. of the world, right? And I think that we're doing a fantastic job leaning in. We can lean a little harder, uh, right? Um, And I think we're getting there, but all the work that uh, GWP is doing is just Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic. So shout out to them and their group. And you mentioned something, you know, talked about this in Leadership Wichita this, um, this year, is how do we get out the word? How do we share all of the wonderful things that's happening in Wichita? And I think this podcast is one way, but I think we also need to find innovative ways in which everyone has the knowledge that we do in the, in the business community that Wichita is a great place. So any ideas you have around that, please share. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll be happy to do that. All right. <laughs> Done. Excellent. Just a couple of questions before we roll into something fun. Wolf of Wall Street. 
that the way your business is when they're when trading's going on and everybody's <laughs> oh my gosh you know, the wolf of wall street <laughs> that's, i mean i mean everybody's just nervous and with, with the market even with the market today yeah. it's kind of crazy uh-huh how, how what's the atmosphere in a firm like yours well, you not Wolf that? of Wall Street. Thank goodness. Makes for a good story. And as I understand, it was true at the time, right? A lot of that is fact. But, okay. uh, you know, our industry, you know, has evolved in many ways over the past decades. But we're much more a consultative, total wealth planning type of industry. The buying, the selling, the stock tip of the day has really gone by the wayside, okay. Uh, which is not trained, but it's evolved into a mindset for clients and for professionals that this is very much long-term. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to look at things long-term, have a good plan that's going to weather all the storms, mm-hmm. all of those things. And what we're going through right now is, you know, a, an economic cycle, right? It's very, we've, we've not seen this in quite some time. We've not seen an inflationary period in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And this is how you adjust. And, you know, people my vintage understand that because we've been through it before. <laughs> before. Uh, but it's quite alarming for me. Yes, yes, you know, absolutely. it really is. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to solve it here why we're on this podcast, but right. know that, you know, the e- economy's ebb and flow and we're going through a, certainly a natural ebb and flow. But to answer your original question, the, the client in the industry has really evolved from that kind of day-to-day looking at hot stocks and that kind of thing, much more to a longer-term perspective, which kind of helps you get through times like this. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. So I won't won't go in the corner and cry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There is hope. There is hope. So I I shouldn't be looking at CNBC on a daily basis or... Uh, shut it off. <laughs> shut it off now. <laughs> Don't panic. <laughs> Underst- like- understand that they have uh, air to fill 24-7 uh-huh. and they have to make it exciting. Right, so right, that's right. what they're doing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll do that. I guess that's kind of like when you're trying to lose weight. They said don't look at the scale every day or something That's like another that. thing <laughs> I'm going to have to cry about here. In the- <laughs> Donna's piling on right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last six, six years has been really cool, exciting. What's on the frontier for the next six? Uh, great question. A number of things. You know, we're, as I mentioned earlier, we have partners in our firm, kind of the founding par- partners who all, most of them are 55 and over. One of them, Sarah Hampton, she's young, younger than us. But uh, we're going to face kind of that evolution of people either starting to cut back in their work or move out of the business, you know, not anytime soon, but, you know, it's something we're going to need to look at. And we we're very well equipped because of the way we've uh, brought on the next generation of person, but how you evolve that in a delicate and appropriate way is going to be an interesting challenge, a good one, but an interesting one. We've done good work with the clients in introducing them to this next generation. They're all familiar. So we hope that that transition is, Mm -hmm. is going to be, very well done and very well orchestrated on everyone's behalf. The other challenge will be to um, continue to evolve and what's next for clients. I mean, to your point in Wolf of Wall Street, our industry has evolved a great deal over the last 10 years. And like all industries, keeps moving. Like the energy industry. I mean, mm-hmm. gosh, what a great example of what are you going to do next? Like what's yeah. the next frontier? How do you be 
delivering great service for your clients in an efficient and uh, fiscally responsible manner. I mean, that will be our, also our challenge. What's, what's the next, what are the next skill sets we need to add? What are the next partnerships we need to align ourselves with to be able to deliver best of class for our clients? So it's a, I guess what were always the challenges will continue to be the challenges, Mm -hmm. but those are some that are on the horizon for us. I love that you're introducing, you know, uh, the other associates to clients early on, right? So they can already have somewhat of a relationship. Right. It's because it's always alarming when you just receive a random email saying, oh, by the way, or call. Um, <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. Joe will now be yeah, calling I'm you. Like, yes. uh, uh-huh. Excuse me? What? <laughs> yeah, no one wants that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. One more question before we roll in something fun um this has been fun stop well, saying something fun yeah this i'm a little <laughs> concerned about what fun looks like given how much fun this has been already <laughs> that is good pointy good all catch right, right. good catch help me understand what a day trader mm, is wow. is defined as I, I hear the term and mm-hmm. i don't dive into what what's a day trader day traders are people who are really watching stocks on a daily basis wanting to see you know what's what's high what's low what's going on in the market, um, looking for opportunities to buy things that have fallen out of favor in the market. So they buy and they sell very frequently. It's I, There have been people that have been successful at it, but you really have to be dialed in. I mean, you have to know what you're doing <laughs> and really be watching stocks constantly if that's the business you're in, which, again, I don't know a lot of professionals in our industry that are in that. Gotcha. But to your okay. point, there are people who you know, on their own, mm-hmm. like the day trading game. And some people, like I said, have been successful. I can't imagine the stress that that would be uh, on someone to continually be in that mode. But if you're wired for that, God bless you and good yeah. luck. I am not wired <laughs> for that. Sounds brutal. I, I tried playing day trader for really? like during the um, pandemic. Oh, and- my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it did not work in right. my favor. It right. did for a little while. Right. Excellent. Oh, I got one more question. While we got the expert here, yeah. What's the tell us Reader's Digest about crypto? I mean, how does that uh-uh. work with you? Yeah, folks? I don't know if there is a Reader's Digest on oh, crypto, okay. but uh, you know, uh, cryptocurrencies have you know obviously a big topic of conversation. Again, that's something that a lot of people have been very successful at. A lot of people have not. I don't know that in my lifetime, cryptocurrency will become the currency of choice. But I think there is, again, things evolve. There's probably an opportunity 25, 30 years from now for crypto to be truly a currency that is used in day-to-day business. This was was pointed out to me that, you know, we live in a country where our dollar is valued and transparently valued, but there are a lot of countries where that's not the case, Mm. Uh, where one day you're holding a currency and the next day it's gone yeah, so to speak. Mm, um, wow. And that cryptocurrency could become that kind of universal currency for that purpose. Now, again, I'm speculating. Well, no, um, I mean, I don't really know. Um, I, I hear the term all the time. I say, okay, yeah. Lord, and a good, good thing to remember is never invest in something you don't understand. Boom. Exactly. And exactly. cryptocurrency is very hard to understand. And uh, this is tr- purely my opinion. Um I heard a statistic that 90% of Bitcoin is owned by 1% or 2% mm. of the people, the investors. So in my mind, that is 
fraught with the ability to manipulate the price of that. Now, I'm not saying that's happening. Right. I'm just right. saying that if you're going to invest in something, you should fully understand what it is, who owns it, and the liquidity for it. Thank you yeah, for sharing Because I, I, I've gone to many, many conferences where crypto has been uh, discussed mm-hmm. and blockchain and data mining and all these things, and I still have no clue. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it is, it's crazy. Yeah. You got anything to eat? Nope. We're ready oh. to roll into it. Now okay. for what's more fun. Is this the lightning round? Yes. <laughs> We're going to play word association. I'll oh give you boy. one word. You give me one word back. It's not wrong because it's your word. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ooh. Okay. She's let ready. me get ready. Leader. Ship. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> Let's do that one again. <laughs> it's not Jeopardy. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's go leader. back. <laughs> Strong. Strong. Success. Evolving. College. Fun. <laughs> mm, she didn't yeah. go, she didn't go Nebraska time. on us. Okay. Uh, failure. Disappointment. Entrepreneur. Energetic. Wichita. Awesome. Vacation. Hawaii. Mm. Hero. Humble. Wichita Chamber. Leader. Family. Loving. Fun. Chiefs football. Oh, nice. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Last but not least, and you have to tell the truth about this one, beverage. White wine. Yeah. Always. It's truly a pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. You guys are fantastic. (laughs) Yay. I'm so glad you had fun. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. Really appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys today. Well, friends, we've come to the end of today's segment. If you would, please make certain that you like us and that you share it with your circle of influence. And if you know anyone who might find value in today's session, please share it with them and let us know who you want to hear from next. Till next time. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.